Welcome to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. In this episode, we're going to talk about the untrainable horse. Have you ever heard that before where somebody said that horse just isn't trainable, it's crazy, it's got issues, it's dangerous, uh, you'll kill yourself if you work with that horse. Have you ever heard a horse described with any of those things or a trainer saying that it's just not trainable? I've actually seen this in a few instances where people have labeled horses with those titles. Uh, There's also the famous Buck uh, Brennan that said in uh, his movie there was a horse that was just not worth training. It was a horse that in the round pen actually came up and attacked him and bit him square on the head and they ended up euthanizing the horse. And in that instance, it was a stallion and a lady basically had a bunch of stallions for no real reason, like they weren't for breeding or anything like that. And uh, this particular stallion had become um, so aggressive that it even attacked Buck in the round pen. So there are horses out there that have definitely been labeled like this and some of them have been put down because of this or in other instances they end up having even worse fates which we're not going to get into. What we're going to talk about is the untrainable horse and to talk about this there's a few different angles that I'm going to kind of bring in together. One from my background as a nurse and from that health and physical background. The other one from a um, training perspective. From a training perspective, I'll never forget the saying from Gary Combery, who was the first mentor that I worked with that really taught me about horse psychology and helped me question why I was doing the things I was way, the way I was doing them. And his saying was, there are no bad horses. There are just people without the time or the patience to understand them. And uh, I think that's very fitting for so many cases with horses that these horses they're they're not black and white they're they don't all fit into the same template there's a lot of horses out there that don't um, fit into a pressure and release mentality they get overwhelmed there's horses that tend to freeze and go catatonic when they've got a lot of pressure put on them and then there's lots of horses out there that you can pressure them and bully them and they'll kind of work through it and they'll figure things out there's horses that work really well on positive reinforcement and then there's other horses that will take advantage of the positive reinforcement and will become um, a food monster if you're not careful and will get food aggressive and things like that so we have to be willing to adapt based on the horses and a lot of the times when a horse is saying no or a horse is being reactive I do think that they're reacting out of either a physical thing whether it be pain or out of a mental issue, which could be even uh, PTSD type symptoms where they're stressed out beyond uh, relief or don't know how to handle their emotions. It's one of the reasons why in the Harmony Horsemanship Program, we put such an emphasis on the calm connection section of our training, which is all about getting the horse to get calm and relaxed, calm and alert, be ready to learn, And it's about helping our horse manage that emotional control piece and that self-regulation, meaning that they recognize their emotions and they can handle their emotions and they can find that place of calm connection with us. It's such a huge piece to training, in my opinion, 
And I've seen such drastic improvements and differences with horses when we can put a focus on finding that calm connection first before we start trying to teach your horse how to do anything. Whether your horse is half asleep or full of energy or anxious or anything like that, finding a calm connection can only benefit that horse in preparing them for whatever it is that you want to train them to do. With that being said, there are a lot of horses out there that I think are suffering, whether they're suffering from pain or they're suffering from stress. And this has a real impact on horses. There's um, quite a few instances that I can think of, of horses having issues. There's horses that I've had that have come in for training and have been very reactive, maybe pinning their ears as I'm going to dismount them, maybe bucking in the canter. And when we've done back x-rays, sometimes we found kissing spine, even if it's mild kissing spine. We've found other lameness issues with horses stepping short-strided and things like that. So they've had issues that are causing pain. And when you're in pain, that's going to cause you to be reactive. And if you try to tell somebody nicely, I'm in pain or I can't do this, and they keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you, it's only a matter of time before you snap and you really lash out. And for a horse, that can look like you know, becoming very dangerous, bucking, rearing, biting, striking, all of those things. They can also have mental challenges where they're struggling with coping with the amount of stress or anxiety that's happening. And if you follow me on Facebook or YouTube, you will have seen videos lately of my horse, Alicia, that I'm training for the thoroughbred makeover. And she has very low uh, confidence in new environments. So at home, I can ride her. She is an absolute superstar. She can handle all sorts of things that... A lot of other horses can't. She can work with a big, massive blue tarp. She can have a big six-foot beach ball tossed over her. I can ride her bridalis all around, jumping everything, gallop, halt. She's amazing. Take her off site, and she is a bit crazy. <laughs> and if you watch the videos, you'll see her um, tied to the trailer. She could be super calm one minute eating her hay and then she'll get really upset with different horses go by or the environment changes a little bit and she'll start rearing, uh, popping up and down. She, uh, at one of her shows this year, one of the first shows this year, I thought I would just try to lunge her a little bit and just make sure, you know, if I asked her to trot or can her that she wasn't going to explode. But she sure enough exploded and had all fours up in the air for several minutes, leaping. She was just so stressed out and couldn't cope, couldn't handle it. And I'm glad that I was smart enough to get off because originally I was riding her at the walk and I thought, you know, this she just doesn't feel uh, relaxed. So I thought I'm going to get off and just see what happens if I were to ask her to trot or canter. And I'm so glad I did that because she literally exploded and could not handle it at all. And, and was leaping up in the air and everything like that. So in that case, severe stress for her. And we've been working on taking her to many, many places. I've been taking her every single weekend somewhere new and starting with um, helping her find that relaxation and find that calm connection under saddle. And she's getting a lot better. She's getting a lot better. She still has moments every now and again 
uh, hasn't had any dragon moments. I just took her to a show this past weekend and I was able to stay on her the whole time. I didn't feel the need to get off and work with her on the ground. So we were able to find some of that calm connection in the saddle, but she definitely still was losing her mind a little bit. And we weren't able to, for example, get our canter leads easily or make those transitions because she wasn't giving me her full attention still. So we're still working on that. And that's a, a mental thing for her. And there's other horses where, where it's physical for her mental and we're working through that. And there's some people who would say, oh, it's not worth it. You know, she's dangerous, especially looking at her first show off site this year. And other people would say, you know, give it time, give it patience. And I have to really focus on getting that calm connection off site. So that way, every time we go somewhere, we get relaxed, we get calm. And then we go to new places in the future. She remembers that calm relaxation and remembers how to handle that. So I'm trying to help her and work through that as best we can, rather than just writing her off. Now, there's some other instances I can tell you of horses that have physical issues and what we want to try to remember I always try to get people to relate horses to people because it helps us realize the things that they could be going through and with people people can have chronic pain people can have uh, mental illness as well we can have things like schizophrenia and anxiety and PTSD and all of these um, other challenges that we can be faced with and it makes sense to me that horses could be suffering from the same or similar type issues, whether they be physical or mental. I know a horse that um, one of my dear friends was working with and had issues where sometimes the horse would be totally normal and would be absolutely amazing. And then other times they would thrash themselves around and be really sporadic and all over the place. And they had tested lots of different things with this horse. They had worked with the vet. They had tried to solve a lot of these issues and what she found is that if the horse was on some pain relieving herbs the horse was significantly better and they also kind of looked at their TMJ in their head and were noticing that they had some symptoms that might mean this horse was suffering from migraine type pain that's the conclusion that they were coming to just looking at the temples of the horse and some of the other body factors that were coming into play, as well as the medication that was working for them. And maybe this horse, the reason why he was thrashing out and would have these moments that just didn't really make sense to his otherwise puppy dog personality is that he was suffering from migraines or migraine type pain. And to me, that all makes sense that a horse could be suffering from similar challenges that people do because a lot of their body systems are very similar. You know, they have hormones, they have the same uh, neurological type systems and uh, interactions in their body. So it would make sense that they could experience pain in the same types of ways. So do I think that there are untrainable horses? Well, I think there are horses that are more challenging than other horses. I think there are horses that are suffering from pain or suffering from a mental health challenge. And some of those things are easier to resolve than others. And those horses that do struggle, I think it's worth spending the time to uh, do calm connection exercises with them, try to help them with their emotional control and that self-regulation as best we can, but also spend some time to look at their blood work, look at their physical aspects, get a vet to assess them, have a chiropractor or massage therapist assess them. 
and see if we can find what's causing them discomfort and maybe because of pain is lashing out and making it look like they are untrainable. Now, there are definitely some horses that are also just very dominant and aggressive because they've been allowed to get to that point or they've learned those behaviors. And a a famous horse, if you've followed me in the past, is Peanut. And Peanut was a quarter horse that was given to me because she had gotten so aggressive that she would literally chase people out of the paddock. Like she would literally run and attack you, bite you, turn her butt to you, try to back into you and kick you. Very, very dominant, aggressive kind of horse. And when I started working with Peanut, she definitely tried to kick me too. We we definitely had some of those moments. And before I jumped to any conclusions about pain and things like that, I had to just assert a lot of passive leadership with her and sometimes assertive leadership because passive leadership is what we do about body positioning and what we would ideally use with a horse. But assertive leadership, the kicking, the biting, we need that in some circumstances to protect ourselves and keep things safe. So for example, if you are coming at me to attack me and bite me and kick me, then I'm not going to just kind of look at you politely and and walk away because that might exasperate the, the problem and teach you that you can kick me and bite me and is going to cause you to do that again. So I did need to do some standing of my ground and uh, I'm not a person that believes in like going after a horse and, you know, whacking them and things like that. But if I'm going to whip a whip around in my space to defend myself and if you get hit by the whip because you're running into it trying to bite me and kick me well that's kind of your own fault and my idea is to be like an electric fence where if you come over and touch the fence you're going to get zapped but if you back off and you respect the fence you're not getting zapped I'm not going to jump off the fence and come chase you and and zap you or anything like that I'm going to protect myself but I'm not going to come after you in an emotional way Uh, just to hit you for the sake of hitting you. And that was definitely something I had to employ with Peanut because she would back up and try to kick me or, or bite me and things like that. And I would simply stand my ground and block my space using rhythm, whether it be with a lead rope or a stick or something like that. And, and make sure I defended myself. And once I asserted that kind of a leadership and had the, that kind of understood of, I'm going to protect myself and backing up into me to try to kick me is not okay. She made really great strides and ended up being a really easy, lovely horse to ride and work with. Very good to handle. But of course, we always had to kind of be aware of that passive leadership piece because there was lots of little things that she would do to kind of start that conversation of being more dominant. And as long as we knew what passive leadership was and we saw those little instances and we're able to correct them at that time with passive leadership, there's no need to get aggressive or bring up the level of um, intensity after she had gone through that initial training because she realized, oh, okay, they understand passive leadership, they're a leader, and I need to respect their space, and it ended up being okay. But she was a horse that was given to me for being dangerous and and kind of being a bit of a lost cause. And we were able to work through that and develop a great partnership. And I was able to have other people ride her and work with her. And she's now in a great home. She's no longer one of my horses and uh, her owner loves her and they're doing great things, but it definitely took some knowledgeable training to get her to that place. There's another horse coming up that you guys can follow me with my horse for the 2022 makeover 
apparently is a horse that is too scared to race and not too slow, but too scared. They can't get him in the, in the gates. Uh, he's all over the place and, um, not worth working with. So they'd rather retire him off the track and without ever making it to a race because they say that his brain just can't handle it, can't cope it, um, not able to train him to do it. So that intrigues me. I'm not sure what's going on there. I haven't actually met this horse in person yet. He is um, down in Florida right now. So I'll get to meet him hopefully later this year and we'll get him started and we'll have to see what this is all about. And uh, is he untrainable? I don't know. We're going to have to work with him and maybe he has something pain going on. Maybe he has something stress related going on. And uh, maybe it's just a case of, of patient training that patient knowledgeable training that needs to happen to help him work through uh, all of these issues that he has that led him being too crazy to be at the racetrack. So we'll have to we'll have to stay tuned for that. That'll be something that I'll be working on in 2022 to get him uh, hopefully confident in working through that. So if you've got a horse that's being deemed untrainable, I would say start with your leadership. Make sure you have passive leadership established so you're not having any issues there because that can make a world of difference with horses. Uh, number two is do your calm connection exercises. Make sure that horse can be calm and connected to you and work with that to help your horse with that self-regulation and that emotional control. And three, be looking for signs of pain. Get working with a vet, a chiropractor, a massage therapist, look for the signs of um, pain, discomfort that could be causing a horse to react out and lash out for all of these things. But we can't really rule out um, pain or discover that pain, know what's kind of pain versus dominance and aggression and all of those other pieces, unless we make sure we have that calm connection and passive leadership established first. So I hope that gives you some food for thought to think of and uh, hopefully we can help a lot of these horses find comfort within themselves and comfort with people so that way they can be amazing partners to work with. Thanks for listening to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. Remember, you can always check out more great free resources and other information at harmonyhorsemanship.com or check me out on my personal website, lindsaypartridge.com. That's lindsay with an E, partridge.com or harmonyhorsemanship.com. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now.